Welcome to the Cap Tech Podcast with President Sims. I'm the president of Capital Technology University. We're a small, private, nonprofit, fully accredited university in Laurel, Maryland, focused on building and enhancing careers for industry and demand areas. We have been in business since 1927 and focus on STEM or management of STEM degrees at the bachelor's, master's, and doctoral levels. Today, we have Dr. Mary Aiken. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Brad. Uh, Dr. Aiken, could you provide a little bit of an overview on your background? Certainly. So I'm a cyber psychologist and cyber psychology is the study of the impact of technology on human behavior. I first qualified in psychology back in the day and went actually to work in industry. I worked in consumer behavioral profiling, working with large international brands like Pepsi, Frito-Lay and Kellogg's. And in the 90s, I first came across artificial intelligence. It was a, an agency in Los Angeles that was talking about the potential to market via this new creation that was in development, the, the internet as we now know it. And, and that really got my attention. Uh, and at the same time, a colleague of mine had invented and built one of the world's first chatbots, which is a form of, um, it's a conversational bot, it's a learning AI that as people talk to it, it, it learns and stores and builds on that and, and enhances its ability to engage in what comes across as a natural conversation. So when I started playing around with this chatbot, which was called jabberwacky.com, and this would have been in 93, 94, I was absolutely captivated. I thought about the possibilities. I thought about people being able to communicate in this way mediated by technology. I thought about its applications in terms of social isolation or children would say specific learning difficulties. And then I stopped because I thought, well, nothing in my training to date equips me to understand the impact of this sort of profound and pervasive technology on humans. And that sent me back to uh, the literature and I came across the work of Professor John Suler who is the founder of the discipline of cyber psychology and incredible visionary in this space. So I traveled to see him at Ryder University in the States and we had um, this incredible conversation. And I decided then to give up my work in industry and to go back and requalify. So to do a master's of science in cyber psychology and then a full PhD in forensic cyber psychology. So forensic cyberpsychology is the study of criminal, deviant and abnormal behavior online. And unfortunately, I'm kept very busy. That's, we also have created the, the master's degree in cyberpsychology and the doctorate in cyberpsychology, all with your help here at Capital Tech. Could you talk a little bit about where you see the future of these degrees and their importance to industry? Absolutely. So. First of all, I'm so excited that we now have a department of cyber psychology in the US and that we're going to be, to the best of my knowledge, the first university worldwide that will be offering an online master's and doctors in the subject. And this is incredible because 
my vision for cyber psychology is that it should be inclusive, that it should be transdisciplinary by design. So if we think about where psychology, cyber psychology can be applied, it can be applied in industry to cybersecurity, to infosec, to fintech, social media, e-commerce, all of these areas. If we think about education, think about digital literacy, developmental cyber psychology. If we then look at the health sector, we can think about e-therapy, we can think about how cyber psychology can be applied in terms of health tech. We can also consider from a government policy point of view, for example, one major area of work for me at the moment is uh, safety tech. And safety tech is, is a new sector that I've helped to establish in the UK under um, an initiative which was has been driven by the UK government. And it's the area of online safety technologies. Now, this is fascinating because it pertains to a specific area, which is cyber safety. So people ask, well, what's the difference between cybersecurity and cyber safety? Well, it's binary. Cybersecurity focuses on protecting your data, your systems, your networks. It does not protect what it is to be human online. Cyber safety or safety tech focuses on protecting humans online. And it is the combination of cybersecurity and cyber safety or safety tech that will afford us that ultimate protection. So of course we want our systems and our networks to be robust, resilient and secure, but we also want the people who operate and use those systems to be psychologically robust, resilient, and secure. So what we've seen with the 116th and 117th Congress is that we've seen a number of bills that have been proposed and hearings in terms that are, are very relevant to safety tech. For example, the Countering Online Harms Act and the safeguarding against fraud, exploitation, threats, extremism, and consumer harms or as, is, as it is known, the Safe Tech Act. We also can um, talk about the importance of cyber psychology from the point of view of law enforcement, that's cybercrime, forensic cyber psychology. In fact, I'm just about to publish a paper, a report for Europol, and the report considers a premise which is known as the thin red line, which pertains to the Battle of Balaclava, the Scottish Regiment, a thinly stretched resource facing a, a much greater opposing force, which then became known as the thin blue line, which has been used in, um, in policing uh, contexts. And now this report, which Europol will be publishing, discusses the cyber blue line. So it's the consideration of that social contract between law enforcement and civil society manifesting in an age of technology. In other words, who's accountable, who's responsible when things go wrong. So basically, from a cyber psychology point of view, graduates from lots of different types of backgrounds and working in lots of different industry sectors can actually engage with these degrees, whether at a master's level or at a doctoral level. 
So if you have an undergrad in computer science and you're working in cybersecurity, then you want to learn more about human factors in cybersecurity. And conversely, if you're an undergrad in social sciences and you're working in some government agency and you want a greater and in-depth knowledge in terms of the impact of technology on human behavior, then cyber psychology is, is a great degree for you. So I have to say, I'm a fan. <laughs> I love my discipline. I love my subject. You know, they say that when you do something you love, it never feels like a day's work. So I would happily do another higher level degree <laughs> in cyber psychology, but I think I'm probably, I'm probably, <laughs> I'm probably qualified enough as it is. <laughs> Your enthusiasm being involved in cyber psychology certainly comes through. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, who should get these master's or doctorate degrees in cyber psychology? Who do you see in the future would, would need these uh, degrees to help them with their career? And since you're in charge of our department of cyber psychology, you know, where do you see you, you really want the focus for industry in these areas? I'm interested in a very broad range of candidates. So I think if you're interested in either a master's degree or a, a doctorate in cyber psychology, rather than thinking about it and then maybe deciding that you're not the right candidate, I think it's really important to reach out to the team at CapTech and say, look, this is my background. This is what I'm doing. I'm really fascinated by this topic and think it could add value to my work. Uh, can we talk about it? Because this is a new discipline. It's an advanced discipline. People who are making inquiries may not know too much about it. And I think it's really important to get more information. So what we'll have on the CapTech website is we'll have lots of reading material. So journals that you can look at to actually see what's been published in the area, books that you can read. And also you can look at my research, which is really um, an exemplification of the extremely broad range of how cyber psychology can be applied. I mean, as I said, I've worked in everything from working with law enforcement, Interpol, Europol, LAPD, all the way through to working in, in, in fintech, working in health tech. I'm a, I sit on the advisory board of Paladin Capital, the largest um, VC investor in cyber. And I'm involved in, in lots of different startups and, and companies who are established and looking for additional funding. And it's just, it's a very exciting area. It's, you know, when I first studied psychology back in the day, almost everything that was at the cutting edge had been done. And, and now with cyber psychology, you have this incredibly exciting new research frontier. And it's, it's a great opportunity to come out and place a stake, <laughs> place a scientific stake in this new research frontier. No, oh, that is very exciting. You know, certainly over the years, the, the technology continues to move quickly. And uh, I'm sure you've 
seeing how that impacts everyone, you know, especially young adults. What do you think being required to stay indoors during the pandemic, how will that accelerate all the issues with cybersecurity besides having access to all the technologies from smartphones to iPads to computers? And then on top of that, we had to access them more during the last year. How does that all really kind of more quickly advance the need to understand cyber psychology effects in the future? Well, I think it, it, it needs to be considered from a, a number of points of view. So first of all, it depends on what age you are or were during the pandemic and what you were doing. So for young children, there were certain effects. For teenagers, there were effects. For young adults, there were effects. And then for adults who were trying to work remotely, there were even more uh, stresses and strains in, in, in that area. Specifically from a cyber criminal point of view, it opened up a much broader attack surface in, in terms of people working remotely and using their technology to log in remotely. And what we saw in terms of cyber criminality is we saw how highly agile and adaptable they were and are during the pandemic. And I think industry can certainly learn from that. I think in terms of the negatives, the psychological negatives of the pandemic, over time, we'll have studies which will show the impact on various populations. But rather than focusing on the negatives, I'd like to focus on one positive. And the positive is that we are all born with a certain level of innate resilience. And resilience is an incredible trait, a valuable trait, but it is a, an entity that can only be enhanced through adversity. And having gone through this period of tremendous adversity, we are all a little more psychologically resilient as a result of the pandemic. And that's a good thing. I think that for people interested in pursuing a, an academic higher degree, either a master's or a doctorate in cyber psychology, there is such a range of theoretical constructs to pursue um, that it's, you know, I would love to be undertaking a doctorate again. <laughs> my my, my, my go-to would be a hypothesis that I wrote about in my book, The Cyber Effect. And my book, The Cyber Effect, is a great resource also for people interested in cyber psychology because it's, it's not an academic read, it's a popular book. So it's a nice winding narrative through the field. Um, and it's, it's, it's an easy read, it's a comfortable read. But in the book, I talk about a premise which I describe as online syndication, which is the mathematics of criminal, deviant and abnormal behavior online. So to date, this incidence has been bound or capped by the laws of proximity and domain. So I might be an offender in the south of the country, you're an offender in the north of the country. What was the chances of us coming together to normalize and socialize our criminal, deviant or abnormal um, behavior? Well, they were limited. And now within two clicks or a few clicks, under the cover of anonymity and fueled by online disinhibition, 
these populations can syndicate to find each other. And I think the exciting part for, from an academic point of view is the chance to question real world theories that have been conceptualized, hypothesized and supported in a real world context to question those now online. If as a premise, we as cyber psychologists maintain that human behavior fundamentally changes or mutates online, then we have to question the existing psychological, sociological theories and ask a fundamental question. Are these still relevant online? Do we need to um, adapt them or in fact develop new theories? And I think that's why we see that, you know, researchers from lots of different branches of knowledge are increasingly interested in cyberspace. And to actually be part of this movement to broaden scientific investigation, to crystallize new ideas and to conquer this new scientific frontier, that is the exciting part of cyber psychology. And then on top of that, to be able to apply it to your work to your job, get a promotion, and be the person in your organization that has this specialist and unique knowledge. Yes, the, we're, and we're very excited here at Capital Tech to, to be on the cutting edge with the addition of the degrees in cyber psychology. Capital Tech historically has been a leader in cybersecurity. Matter of fact, we are currently the NSA's Northeast Regional Hub of Cybersecurity in, for universities. And just three years ago, we started degrees focused on critical infrastructure because we knew those attacks would be increasing. And a lot of the critical infrastructure degrees focus on operational technology, which is connected through the industrial internet of things to your software systems that can be attacked. And it's much easier, as you know, for an entity to attack somebody through a cyber attack than it is a physical attack anymore. So as these continue to increase, this is a great connection with all of our degree programs in these areas that are extremely current and necessary to help our industry and to help our students enhance their careers at the same time. So it's a great addition and we're very glad to have you here working with us on the cyber psychology degree area. With that, you know, we're coming to the end uh, just leave it open if there's anything that uh, you'd like to close with in our podcast. I'd just like to say that anybody who feels cyber psychology might be relevant to their work or to their academic um, education, please reach out, please contact us. And I would be delighted if you will come and join me on the cyber frontier. We need academic first responders. We need more people who are knowledgeable about and qualified in cyber psychology. We'd like to thank you, Dr. Mary Aiken, for the time today on the CapTech podcast. We, uh, we're here in Laurel, Maryland. You can visit us on campus. You can visit us online. Uh, these degree programs that we've discussed today with uh, the master's and doctor in cyber psychology are complete online degrees. And it is a global world. So. Dr. Aiken and is over in uh, Ireland and our Dean of Doctoral Programs lives in the UK and we're here just between the DC Baltimore area. So we try to work with who are best in each one of our areas. 
so that our students can get the most from experts in these areas, whether they're talking to somebody here physically on campus or at a distance, because we find that's very important to give our students the opportunity to succeed and grow in their career paths. So once again, I wanna thank Dr. Mary Aiken today, talking about cyber psychology, which is a degree program area that we're starting here at Capital Tech this fall of 2021. We invite you to take a look at our website and learn more. Thanks to all of our listeners today.